Hello. Welcome to Spock Adjacent, the Michelle Mission's love letter to everything Star Trek. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, we are reviewing Star Trek Discovery, continuing our weekly review of season two. Yes. And tonight, we're on episode five, Saints of M perfection yes yes did you did did you enjoy this episode of vince i mean you know at this point you could pretty much make a vince robot and the vince robot can tell you exactly which parts i enjoyed and which parts i didn't enjoy like there are no surprises to what parts i enjoyed and what parts i could have skipped i understand now this episode ladies and gentlemen as we said it is titled saints of imperfection it was directed by david barnett written by kirsten Beyer, and premiered on the cbs all access app on february 14th valentine's day burnham and the crew navigate a dangerous a dangerous alien landscape in a race against time to save tilly's life but stamets is not at all prepared for what they find in the process. Meanwhile, Section 31 is assigned to help track down Spike. It's Spike. <laughs> Section... <laughs> Section 31 is assigned to help track down Spock, much to Pike's dismay. Is Spike, is that, is that what we're... Are there Pike Spock shippers? Well, I'm sure there are. There were Kirk Spock shippers. So I would imagine there are Pike Spock shippers. Could we possibly be the first Pike Spock shippers? Are you a Pike Spock shipper? Is that what that is that what that was about? No. Is that what that Freudian slip was about? No. No, I am not. Okay. At all. I was just trying to make Spock interesting somehow in this thing. <laughs> All right, so so what do you think about this episode? No, what did you think about this episode? We always start with what I thought. Well, we don't always think, but we do go back and forth, and it is technically my turn. Um, <laughs> I I actually I kind of enjoyed the episode. Okay, I did. Um, from the beginning of the episode, when you you see Burnham, you know, put, getting on her uh, Flojo. <laughs> Through the through the discovery, um, she was hall. running too. She's she, getting in there. She, said, she had the she, form and she everything. Did have a form. I said, "Well, all right." She had form, man. So I was with that. Um, you know, I was, you know, wasn't really feeling this whole thing with Tilly and the mycelial, you know, oh, the, the, the transport as yes. they call it, and everything yes. like that. But the way that they worked it out, I'm with it. And what was quickly becoming apparent to me, and, and you know, I like Giorgio, of course, you know, anytime you can get, <laughs> you know, Giorgio, that's cool. All right. That means that we're going to have to have Ash. Uh, I could do a little oh bit less of Ash. God. But, you know, that sorrowful puss and something about his puss just, oh. just it's like bothers me. Oh, um, he's the worst. But this episode, and I enjoyed the episode. Yeah, yeah. 
But this episode, because they have made more of a concerted effort to give a lot of the the crew names mm-hmm. and they have more lines and yeah. stuff. Today, I paid attention to the opening credits. Okay. And in paying attention to the opening credits, I realized, okay, I know pretty much everyone there. Mm -hmm. Of course, you had Sonequa Martin-Green, Doug Jones, um, and it ends with Anson Mount, who's Pike, and Anthony Papp, who is... uh, Rap. Rap, Mm -hmm. who is Stamets. Yeah. But then... I noticed, you know, Mary Weissman. Okay, that's Tilly. Okay. I know that's Tilly. Shazad Latif. Hmm. That, well, Shazad Latif, that's uh, Ash, Tyler. And if he's still in the credits, that means he's going to be on this episode. Okay. And then I saw Wilson Cruz. I was like, hmm. You one of them people. I'm like. You let the credits ruin it. It ruined it. It yeah. ruined it for me because yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Now, mind you, I try to stay far away from from spoilers. I was about to say, I'm actually surprised at you because you try to. I do. Yeah. However, in reading a story about Trek, like the later part of last year, uh huh, there was just a line in there about Wilson Cruz, you know, uh, um, alluding to his story may not be over. Right. So I was always on the lookout for him. Right. But more to be like maybe in a flashback. Right. Right. Or, or you know, them going again to the spores and right. him showing up there. Right. Or being the fake out like they had. Right. Where he would just have to stay there. Right. Yeah. But when I saw him like in the credits as like, you know, you know, above the title. Yeah. Of, of a sort. I'm like, Okay. Uh, now the writing is on the wall of what I've always figured was was happening. And they have completed it with this episode. They've virtually rebooted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything that happened oh, last yeah. year. Absolutely. Not everything. Not everything. But as much as they could. Right. They've rebooted that. Now, they, do you think that was the plan or do you think they're doing stuff on the fly? Oh, no. I it? think that is 100% the plan. So you think last year when they killed. No, well, I think it's the plan of this year. Oh, no, no. Well, I'm saying, do you think this is them fixing? I guess what I was asking is, do you think that was the plan from last year? Or do you think this year they're going back oh. and fixing what they saw as mistakes no, yes, from last yes, year? Yes, that's exactly what they're doing. Okay. Because the death of Colbert, because that's uh, Wilson Cruz's character's name. Yeah. The death of his, um, his death hit the show hard and hit the internet hard. And 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 you think maybe it hit harder than they had planned. Oh, most certainly. I don't think that they had any idea about the whole bury your gaze right, trope right. that has become a thing okay. out there. Okay. Let's stay here for a minute cuz mm-hmm. I th- cuz I think you're I think you're going somewhere really interesting with this line of thought. Do you think that that reflects a level of detachment? from the powers that be and the realities both political and genre e mm-hmm. of the fan base in 2019 i think to a degree and when you say the powers that be i uh speak specifically 
of the showrunners from last year. Right. The ones who are no longer the showrunners right. of the show. And stories have alluded to uh, alluded to some uh, them not being, let's say, the nicest people in the world right. last right. year running the show. So I think they were maybe didn't have their 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 finger on the pulse of what was happening in the zeitgeist right when they wrote that i don't think you know i don't think there was any or when they made people write that you know blocked out the story now, now again and, and and you know like i said i want to stay here for a no, second that's fine. i think that is quite the statement to make mm-hmm. about something like Star Trek, which Mm -hmm. historically has been on the cutting edge of social movements, social thought. Right. You you know, in many ways it it represented youth movements, even though you you know um Gene Rottenberry wasn't a young man. Right. There there was this this sense of progressivism. Yeah. That that permeated the work that, you know, I mm-hmm. would argue is why we're talking about in 2019. Yes. And what what you are arguing, and and you know, not to be coy, I'm I'm I absolutely agree with you mm-hmm. about everything you just said, is that at least this iteration of Star Trek mm-hmm. and arguably Star Trek across the board mm-hmm. has calcified and lost some of that. I think, yes, yes. I could because I was going to say maybe it is just this Star Trek, but I think there is an argument to be made that that complaint can be laid on the the rebooted movies as well. Right. So it's so, almost yeah. like you you know speaking of of another long running series that we've all kind of watched again calcify and become the the establishment that it cut its teeth challenging Mm -hmm. it's almost like the simpsons at this point oh wow you know you know is it is it fair to say that star trek has almost become the simpsons well no it's not because one you know, I think you can maybe lay that at the hand of the of the films, but I think the films, you know, much to people's disappointment. Mm-hmm. But I think the films have a different mandate. Okay, you know that they have to adhere to because by nature of what they are. So there, while there can be allusions to things that have historically been parts of Trek. They can't go full full blown into those things because by nature they are these these bigger uh spectacles. Okay. You know, the the movies. Um and that's just the the, the nature of the beast right, right. And, and, yeah, and all of the Star Trek movies have been right. that you know right. all the way because back. Because when yeah. you think of the ones that that the ones that have tried to toe the line of being maybe just a blown up episode. Right. Those are the ones that people don't feel as much. Absolutely. I mean, the Star Trek, the movie, Mm -hmm. uh, what's the one in San Francisco? Is that the voyage home? That's the voyage home. Voyage home. Yes. Uh, you know, to a certain extent, another country. Yep. 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 Yeah. But the shows, I think 
they do have to adhere to that mandate. Now, I think that Discovery Year One, those showrunners were trying to trying to give the the best of both worlds. Right. So trying to take the the ethos and the, uh, of Star Trek, but apply that to what had become the popular storytelling, you know, style of mm-hmm. the 21st century. And certainly of these more prestige shows that you see right. on your your you know uh streaming apps right you know so they tried to also kind of mirror that those type of type of programmings um but i think that and 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 for the most part i liked season one i did right right but was it did it feel classic trek it felt like there was maybe a blending of the two and i think in this season there's been a concerted effort to try to keep some of that but pull it back closer to the feel of classic Trek. And I think for the most part, they are succeeding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I think this is, you know, and I'll get off of it after this, but but I've been, you know, I've been thinking about this mm-hmm. with the older properties. Okay. And, and, you know, like, I you know, I brought the Simpsons into this. Uh, I'll bring something else in that I'm not a huge fan of. But I'm fascinated by the conversation around that, you, you know, the spirit of the thing and how it may or may not have changed. I know a lot of Doctor Who fans mm. who talk about how Doctor Who may or may not be reflective of the original spirit of Doctor Who. Okay. And, and, you know, are they talking about the, the newer iteration? Yeah, post post the new who basically okay. you you know where it new who. You, you know it's sexier it's sleeker mm-hmm. it's not necessarily as um introspective right and exploratory as who usually was i'm curious about what jordan peele is going to do with the twilight zone because i really do think that when you have these classic properties mm-hmm. there's so much weight attached to its legacy, I think it's a real struggle to do something cutting edge with it anymore because it's got this huge legacy, because it's got this huge weight, because you you have a, a lot of creators who, frankly, to a certain extent, are fans who have become creators. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I agree with you that that there was an aspect of the decisions made in the first season where I suspect there were a room full of people who underestimated the power of social media, mm-hmm. underestimated the power of representation. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I, I completely agree with you that a lot of what has happened is sort of, you, you know, writing of the ship. Yeah. The only thing I would not lay at their feet is underestimating the power of representation, because I think there was a concerted effort from the beginning for this Star Trek to be more representative of the population as it stands. Let let, let me. okay. let me clarify that not necessarily the power of representation, but I suspect they didn't have as how do I want to put this as nuanced an understanding of representation. 
Yeah. Like, like I, I think, you know, we got, you, you know, we, we're going to do race. Mm-hmm. But there are other types of representations, right? Specifically, right. you know, like you said, the day, the dead gays, right? Like I don't, I don't think there was anything wrong with the storyline in itself. It's just that it was so soon, and because there was such promotion, right, of the fact of this, this, you know, gay couple. Right, being on Star Trek and them being a male gay couple, and you showing them in such loving way, right? And you know, and they would make they they were quick to to accept all the huzzas for that, exactly. And then for so quickly, I mean, they did the same thing with Michelle Yeoh's um, casting, though. Yeah, you, but they you, did the exact same thing. Yeah, but you could say that they did the same thing with Michelle Yeoh's casting. However, because the crew and the cast is so heavily women of di- other different ethnicities. But that's what I meant by nuance ethnic. Like, it's not just that she was Asian. Mm-hmm. She was an Asian woman with an accent. Mm-hmm. You know, she was an Asian. Like, this was not an Asian American woman. Right. This is right, right. an Asian woman with an yes. accent that clearly English is not the first language that and, and, and that was, you know, that was very powerful True. for a lot of people like, you know, God bless George Takai, but George Takai is Japanese American. Right. So that if I'm, you, you know, like this is not somebody who sounds like my mother who mm. came over here from Vietnam in 1971. I hear you. So. But, but again, with Michelle Yao. I want to think that the plan was always to bring her back in. Oh, no, no, no. I think that was the plan. But, again, I I think they didn't understand how important it was to have basically an immigrant. Got you. And and that's what I meant about the nuance of representation. Like, Like, they've nailed race, but there are other nuances to representation besides race. But besides that. Yes. The episode. The episode, I, like I say, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I speaking of Michelle Yao, I love watching Michelle Yao. Uh, Robert Monroe actually said that I could watch Michelle Yao saunter, saunter off of a shuttle all day, and the way she was using that apple. Oh my! Damn, yo, the way she was punctuating with that apple, I was like, go ahead. Girl. I actually squealed like a dolphin for the first 10 minutes of the episode. <laughs> like from the moment she walked off the shuttle yeah, to the moment where she dropped the apple in the hallway. Mm. And I said, are they about to fight in the hall? <laughs> She's the best. And like we, we've said before, Michelle Yao is having such a good time. Oh, yeah. It's actually infectious. Yes, most certainly. It is actually infectious. Uh, Markham Lee actually said that Asian cinema has failed planet Earth by not having cast Michelle Yao as a villain in leather decades ago because she's so good at it. Yeah, obviously the best part of the episode. But, you know, as you said, it's sort of they kind of gave us our dessert first Mm -hmm. because they said, "Okay, we're going to give you 10 minutes of Michelle Yao. But now you have to take Ash. Yeah. Dude. He's terrible. Yes. He's the worst. Thank you. 
He's the worst. And not to go back too far to what you said about the storyline, I've not liked his storyline with the secret Klingon, with, but there are no repercussions. Right. Since the first season. Right. But, but I think... You know, they've tried to, like, you know, basically erase everything. Everything he did was Vogue. It wasn't Ash. Ash is actually a good guy. And He's terrible. Like that. But I think, you know, the rubber is still going to hit the road a little bit because now as the Section 31 liaison. Yes. He's a member of the crew for a little bit. Right. And everybody's going to have to try and, you know, come to grips with this. Damage is going to have to come to grips. Not to be the continuity nerd. But according to Deep Space Nine, Section 31 had been a secret for like 100 years. Mm-hmm. Now they're just walking around as liaisons. They've got the badges on. Okay. It's like, again, again, Vince. I know, again, I know. Vince. I look. This is the beginning of I, Section 31. I just wanted to doesn't get it mean, out doesn't there. It go, doesn't right. go back into yeah. hiding yeah. by the time Deep Space Nine, which is over 100 I years know. later. You're right. And if you ask me what... Henry, you know, Melville had for dinner a hundred years ago. I couldn't tell you, so you're right. Right. I, I did think it was funny when they did the the little communicator, and Pike said, "What kind of communicator is that?" Yeah, he said, "Wait a minute, that's not." And why is that working here? Yeah, like I do like the 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 conceit that maybe they get technology early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you know the ship comes out of warp, and he's like, "Hold, hold, hold, hold the fuck up!" Yeah, <laughs> what's yeah. going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real trap. And though I do hate the spore, I'll, I'll buy it because it brought um Cobra back. Yeah, I'll buy it. I mean, I'm like I'll go along with it. it. It they figured out some way to like I said, erase everything from before. Right. It doesn't make. A lick of sense. No. But you it know, doesn't. you go with it. It's the spore drive. It does. Nothing about the spore drive makes a lick of sense. And, and, but I will say that in that whole storyline of how the character of May, it basically, um, it plays out for her. Right. I think is a, a testament to the two actors, her and Tilly. Then I, I was feeling something. They 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 got me. They got they got me feeling. A little now, bit. did I hear it right that with Cobra back, they can never ever do anything with the Spore universe again, or is that just wishful thinking? I think that I think whatever bridge that, that May created with that mycelial right transport that, that's, thing, that's gone right that's gone but and that can't be created oh, but we still gotta deal with spores i think we still gonna have the the, the spores oh, for God's well we're gonna have to have the spores because she wants to find her way oh, my she, God. she wants to she wants to get and i kind of want me back i was not as charmed by me as they you charmed were. me oh i thought the whole pinky swear oh my god yeah, i, I found just, the whole thing annoying and well, it made me would. not like tilly which well, you would because you don't, have no soul Yes, apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. I don't cast a shadow and I curdle milk when I walk by. That's true. Cats hiss when they see me, yes. I, I But you haven't said what, how you felt about the, the episode overall. Overall, it wasn't bad. Overall, it wasn't bad. It was zippy, you, you know, as I, I joked about before. But, like, for an hour episode, the first ten minutes bought goodwill for a good half hour. Gotcha. <laughs> I... Actually, against my better nature, like Pike and his hair. I, 
What's wrong with his hair? Oh, it's just that wonderful white boy hair. Like he's got the hair, and it's and he's like, I'm Pike, and here's my hair. What's wrong with his Nothing hair? Nothing is he's wrong got good with hair. His hair. I know, but it's like such TV hair, and I'm angry because oh, he's always please. he's always standing next to Burnham in her terrible wig. <laughs> Which actually didn't look bad this week. Oh, it's it's still one. It, it, it didn't look bad this week. But I mean, <laughs> like when Cobra came back, you notice his fade was tight. Yeah, I did know. Like that. like 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 they recreated his know. body with a tight fade, and I'm like, maybe maybe Burnham needs to go through that thing. Well, it's because it. <laughs> I think it's because, well, no, because I was going to say it's because he came back as he was. When he went there, right. but he, when he went there, he, he had the mustache. Well, so he gets his hair cut in a different part of shit than Burnham does. <laughs> <laughs> he goes down on the lower deck with Troy and them. <laughs> Troy and them got, got clippers in the lockers. Bur- Burnham, Burnham. Right, Burnham goes to the officer's barbershop. Burnham looked like Tilly cut her hair. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Well, she don't look like Sandra cut it. Oh, no. So no, she doesn't. She doesn't. But no, I thought it was I I I had no problem with the episode at all. You you know, yet another episode without Spock. So we've got that going for us. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, the spore stuff I don't like, but it brought back Colbert. Yes. So that was fantastic. Um I actually like the relationship between Pike and the other captain, whose name just slipped my mind. Leland. Leland. Yeah. I like that a little bit. And I, I you know, I I you know, all jokes aside. I think Pike's straight shooter mm-hmm. is a good foil to Section 31. And really the rest of the crew. Like, the rest of the crew has seen some stuff. Oh, that's true. Okay, that's true. And, you know. That's true. That's true. And I like the fact that the show kind of underlines it. Yeah, especially that, especially how they underline how he is still new. Right. And learning everybody but he's the captain that they put on the Enterprise. Right. Like, I like the different personalities that they're kind of drawing for the different ships. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's been well established that the Enterprise is 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 the premier vessel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the Constitution class. It goes out first. Like, this really is the the the, the exemplar of the Federation. And, right. and I think the officers represent that. So I like the contrast of a, of a crew, of a ship, of other crews that are maybe a little dirtier. Gotcha. So, but yeah, I liked it, you know. Yeah, I'm digging it. I'm, 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 not a bad episode. Not a bad episode. Not a bad episode at all. High B. A high B? A high B. That's a, that, that sounds about right. A high B. Again, I love, I love the special effects. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, they 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 lost me a little with a little bit on Klingon or Kronos or whatever, right? But um, they wanted me back special effects wise. I'm, I'm enjoying it, right? I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the show. I, I was I was sad to see, however, that uh, Tignataro was not back there I, because I, she was there right when she got Tilly left. Sure, and I would have thought she would still be running around. Look, man, I understand I'm she's busy. Tignataro got a schedule. I know, I know. She's she got work to do. Right. I'm I'm happy we've had her. What she's been in two episodes. Two episodes. I hope she does more. She, yeah. she might be the guinin of right. this show. And you know, well, it, it it is so funny that you mentioned Whoopi Goldberg because I was just fixing my mouth to say. And let's be clear, Tignataro is on there because she's a Star Trek fan. Yes. 
Like they're leaning on the shield yes. to get her on there, much like Whoopi Goldberg. Exactly. So you know, you, and, you and take what Re- you can get. And for what I understand, Rebecca Romaine is number one. Yeah, she is actually a Star Trek fan. Yeah, as well. so you know, uh, well, they're all Star Trek fans. Nico Martin Green is. A Star yeah, Trek. but I mean, it's Star Trek fans, and then it's yes, you know, Broadway stars basically. <laughs> so yes, you're you're absolutely right, Vince. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen. That does it for our review of Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Episode 5, Saints of Imperfection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High B, that's what the Michelle Mission is giving it. We will return next week with a review of Episode 6. Until then, we hope you're enjoying this show. It's available if you're in the U.S. on CBS All Access. If you're overseas, it's available on Netflix. Um, check it out. It's it's some good Star Trek that's going on right now. I think they're I think they're doing okay. I think they're doing okay. I think we I think they've got it in good hands right now. Okie doke. The show is available on MichelleMission.com. That's the only place that you can find Spock adjacent right now. On MichelleMission.com or any place that you get the Michelle Mission podcast. So uh, if you found it and you're wondering why does the Spock adjacent um, podcast feed no longer work, that's because we've deaded that. All of the all of the um, episodes have been moved back to our website, and all future shows are available for your download, stream, and pleasure on MichelleMission.com iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and any place and every place that you get podcasts, including the Podglomerate network of curated podcasts just for you. Okie doke. Okie doke. Until next time, he's Vince, I'm Len, and in parting, we say peace and long life. <laughs>